0: Full service radio.
1: Welcome to Black Girl Missing, a podcast that covers stories of black girls who were reported missing when they were under the age of 18. We are live at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, D.C., and this podcast is brought to you by Full Service Radio. Due to the sensitive and sometimes graphic nature of these cases, we advise listeners to use caution when listening. Black Girl Missing is supported in part by New Voices for Reproductive Justice, New Voices for Reproductive Justice is a social change organization dedicated to the health and well-being of black women, femmes, and girls. I am one of your co-hosts. I'm Nikki. I'm here in the studio with the illustrious Feminista Jones. (laughs) I am Feminista Jones. I don't know about illustrious. I got coffee stains all over my shirt and two drinks in my hand. All right. And on the phone, (laughs) we have our other co-host, Asa. Hey,
0: everybody.
2: So, we, 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 so for those who don't know, we do record in Washington, D.C., and Asa lives in the Jersey Shore, and IFJ live in Philadelphia. Nikki is the one that lives here in D.C., so we're going to have some times where some of us are calling in, and we hope that that's okay with everyone, because we're still pretty dope and awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how are you
2: feeling today, Nikki? Magical. Magical. She was magical last week. She's magical again. We're going to keep that going. Asa, how are you today?
0: You know, I'm, I'm all right. Uh, feeling, feelings, but that's normal. <laughs> feeling, feelings.
2: Listen, when we stop feeling, that's the end. That's the end. Whether good or bad.
1: That's facts. Right.
2: True. Um, we just quickly wanted to shout out uh, Maya and Dennis at the Brothers and Sisters Bar here because they hooked us up today. It's <laughs> real, <laughs> I don't even want to. I said I had two drinks in my hand. There's a reason. <laughs> They're here every Sunday. Check them out. Okay. are. We are um, going to go ahead with the show. Everybody ready? Oh, yeah all right yeah. So we open each show reviewing cases of girls who are currently missing and we call this the Aisha Alert. We encourage you to pay close attention, check our social media and help the, help us help the families who are still seeking answers and long for their loved ones safe return. We'd like to note that we create these lists of currently missing black girls in real time. so by the time the podcast episodes are released, there may have been some changes. We will have information on each of our posted social media channels so you can stay updated. Now, this week is a little bit different. Um, as we mentioned, as Nikki mentioned, we are working in partnership with New Voices for Reproductive Justice. Um, they're based out of you know, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Um, and we got information on a case uh, of a missing person. She is a woman. She's 22. She's a little bit above our 17-year-old threshold. But we wanted to highlight this. This is Tony Turner. T-O-N-E-E. Turner. She's been missing since December 30th. Now, Noon Voices has been closely connected to the, um, the search efforts, and we just want a signal boost. Tony is 22 and was last seen in the Squirrel Hill section of the city, um, of, city of Pittsburgh at a place called Doba Tea, a place that she frequently visited. So a firefighter found her belongings, like her wallet, her cell phone, her keys. Um, the evening, she vanished about three miles away from the tea shop, okay? That's you know that's got a lot of people concerned because Tony is very popular in this area. She does a lot of activism work. She's an artist. She's well known. So people are really concerned. Um, they found her stuff at Homestead Gray's Bridge pedestrian walkway. She's described as a black woman with a lighter skin tone. She's got short hair, five feet two inches tall, weighs about 130 pounds. And this is a really really pressing um, issue for the community. Everybody is turned out for that. So if you have any information. Please contact the Pittsburgh Borough of Police at 412-328-7800. Sanaya Black is a 14-year-old girl from Detroit, Michigan. Sanaya's family reported the teen left their residence in the the 9000 block of Evergreen Road, just north of Joy Road in the city's west side. The teen was last seen about 2 a.m. on Thursday, February 13th, and authorities say that she left the location and took clothes with her. Saniya is black with a medium complexion. She's about five feet, five inches tall and weighs about 110 pounds. She was last seen wearing a white coat with brown fur collar, burgundy stretch pants, and Jordan gym shoes that are white, burgundy, and black. If you have any information on where Saniya may be, please contact the Detroit Police Department's 6th Precinct at 313-596-5640. And finally, we have Asia Wilbin. She is a 16-year-old girl from Kent, Washington. She was last seen Wednesday, February 12th, 2020 in the West Hill section of Kent. Currently, Asia's cell phone is going straight to voicemail. The Kent police say her last phone signal was on Federal Way at 1.35 p.m. Thursday, February 13th. She has dimples. She wears her hair pulled back in a bun. She's about 5'3", 130 pounds, and is probably wearing a black jacket with jeans or dark pants. If you have any information on where Asia may be, please call 911 and reference Kent PD case number 20-2105 or contact the Kent Police non-emergency number at 253 852 2-1-2-1. And again, we will have more information about these cases on our social media, so please check them. Again, these are active. Once we find out any new information, we will update. If the girls are located or anything like that, we'll be sure to let you know. Um, I'm going to shift it over to my sister Nikki, who is going to tell us about today's case.
1: Today, uh, we are here to talk about Relisha Rudd, who went missing... Uh, Six years ago today When she was eight years old Relisha is still missing And she went missing from the Washington, D.C. area In 2014, Relisha Rudd, her mother, Shamika Young And her three brothers Were living in a shelter in D.C. That was run out of the former D.C. General Hospital They had been living there for over a year And over this time had befriended a janitor 51-year-old Khalil Malik Tatum who Relisha was last seen with prior to her disappearance. Tatum had a pattern of breaking the shelter's no fraternizing policy, but from what we found, only in regard to the young girls at the shelter. It is said that he did not interact with any of the boys, so Tatum was known to spend time alone with Relisha and presenting her with gifts such as a digital computer tablet, tickets to see Disney on ice, things of that nature. A that 's a fireable offense by shelter policies, but no action was actually taken um, and that's really concerning because what the hell uh, yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry,
2: I have worked in shelters drop in centers residences yep. we have very strict about fraternizing yes. Disney on ice tickets
1: I too have worked mm. in shelters I worked in shelters in d c right. and that's something that you don't do you don't fraternize with the residents you you do you do not do that. <laughs> Um, I, I'm sorry, I Disney even, on Ice tickets. But like, and you bought her a tablet. Like tablets tablet. aren't cheap. And I just, I I, just, I can't. I, like, I don't even have words for how incensing that actually is to to know, to read, to hear, um, and to know that there was no action taken at all. He didn't lose his job. He wasn't written up. There's no, nothing happened. Um, Whew. yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> so, <laughs> On top of uh, the rule breaking, while employed by the shelter, Tatum also had a felony record for burglary, larceny, breaking and entering. And these are all serious offenses. It's not like he, you know, did something small like, you know, got in a bar fight or something. Like, these are big things. Um, he served prison sentences from 1993 to 2003, and again from 2004 to 2011. Um, and it said that Tatum had gained enough trust from Relisha's mother that she allowed him to take her overnight for what he said were visits to stay with him and his grandmother. Pause. I have to stop. Pause. <laughs> yeah, like, I need <laughs> to I, I, pause yeah. at this moment. Extreme and breathe concerns. Through this. I, like, I want people to just, I'm going to repeat what I said. <laughs> this woman was letting this man take her child away from this shelter to spend the night with him and a grandmother who we don't even know if she actually existed or not.
2: So I don't know what it's like in D.C. shelters, but I know that in New York City shelters, you have to stay at the shelter a, number, a certain number of nights per week to, you know, kind of count towards your efforts to get like permanent housing and stuff yes. like that. I know like in New York, it's like mm-hmm. at least four nights a week or something. Is that yes. similar here in D.C.?
1: You have to stay in if you are in a shelter, you have to stay in the shelter. Okay. You can't just come and go as you please. You can't do what you want to do. Like you have to be in the And that's you that and shelter. your children? Yes. Okay. okay. So that speaks to the lack of oversight, the lack of checking, the lack of documentation. We talked about documentation last week. Mm-hmm. Everything mm-hmm. has to be documented. There has to be a paper trail. You have to be able to refer back and say, this is what happened or this is what didn't happen because we wrote it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so on February twenty fifth, 2014, Shamika Young released his mother. Asked Tatum to care for Relisha in an attempt to free her from the hard life of living in a homeless shelter. So, just like
0: that part hits me in two places because one that could easily just be um, a story she told to uh, you know relinquish accountability from herself, mm-hmm. but also it speaks to how. Hard it is living in homeless shelters, particularly absolutely. for children. Absolutely, absolutely. You don't. I really would know never wish it happen. on my worst memory. Right. No. Absolutely. Not. So I can absolutely understand a mother being that desperate, right, um, to get her child out of that, but also going further in. It just doesn't track.
1: Right. You have to manage your. Um, you have to manage your expectations with people who are in these really difficult situations. But you also Mm -hmm. have to manage your judgment when you are in that situation. Right. Maybe it seems like it's a better option for your child, but is it really? Mm -hmm. Because you don't really know that person. And it's just like when you're in a relationship with someone. You don't know them until you live with them, spend time with them. She didn't know that Mm -hmm. man. All -hmm. she knew is that he cleaned up the shelter she was living in. Right. That's it, you know? And um, so the story gets more complicated from there even. So surveillance videos show Relisha walking with Tatum on February 26, 2014 at a Holiday Inn Express in northeast Washington, D.C. After a prolonged absence from school, social workers were sent to the shelter on March 19th. March 19th, that's like a month later. Mm -hmm. um, To find out where Relisha was and why she had not been in school. Now, having missed over 30 days of the school year by this point, that's cause for concern. Now, reports state that Relisha's mother provided the school with a doctor's note stating that Relisha was under the care of a Dr. Tatum. So many of her absences.
0: Ooh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah.
2: Let's, okay, so pause. I think I yeah. get three pauses in yeah. episode. Let me yeah. give, give me three pauses in <laughs> episode. Let's back it up. So the mother, because I'm not as familiar with all the details of this. Yeah. Some other people are. Mm-hmm. The mother said that she her daughter was under the care of a yes. Dr. Tatum.
1: Correct. So she knew she wasn't yeah. going to school. hmm Wow. 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 So a lot Maybe of her Maybe absences- Kamala had a point. Chad. Ma'am. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Let's, <laughs> Ma'am. Let's keep going. So a lot of her absences had been excused <laughs> because her mom said, oh, well, she's in the care of this Dr. Tatum. But on February 25th, the same day that Shamika Young had asked Tatum to care for Relisha, Her fifth unexcused absence was documented, and a parent-teacher conference was scheduled for March 5th, which Shamika Young did attend. Now, there were reports that Relisha was in school on March 5th and March 7th, but the last confirmed sighting of her was actually March 1st, which is when she was seen with uh, Tatum at a day's end on New York Avenue in Washington, D.C. Now, if you are familiar with D.C. or you live here, that day's end is very seedy, it is very rough, and it's not a place for a child to be. So she's been seen both at a Holiday Inn Express and a day's end. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. And okay. I just want to mention to okay. people who may not be familiar with um, the unhoused system in DC a lot of homeless shelters are operated out of vacant hotels here. So mm. a lot of those areas, they act as shelters for people who do not have anywhere to stay. Mm. Um, because DC doesn't have enough shelters for people to stay in, okay. So that particular Days Inn is actually used as a shelter. Um, by March 10th, believing that Tatum was indeed a doctor due to the doctor's note provided by Shamika Young, school officials contacted Tatum requesting documentation that explained Relisha's prolonged absence from school. Tatum responded by stating he would be releasing Relisha by the end of the week after treating her for an unspecified neurological issues. I don't understand how he got away with that. Um, I don't, I feel like there should have been someone asking more questions. And yeah. I, I don't think that we'll ever really get to the bottom of that. Um, however, Relisha never return to school, uh, accumulating her 10th unexcused absence by March 13th. Her brothers were noted to have not missed any days. So he -hmm. essentially took that child out of school. Her mother knew about it, and nobody made her return.
0: Right, and nobody talked to her brothers. Like, you know, you would think, like, both you and your brother are at school every day, but your little sister is in the wind kind of right to my and to my
1: knowledge no nobody talked to, to the brothers about her being missing which is interesting what?
2: because when we hear about white families where this happens you get a lot of information about where the sibling what the siblings knew what Correct. they were mm-hmm. involved with absolutely. and things like that
1: absolutely okay so by the 10th absence the school officials con- the school officials contacted the children and family services agency as required by law to report to uh, the family but however Relisha's case was not deemed high priority, which is why social workers did not call to speak with and meet this Dr. Tatum. I
2: wonder why it wasn't labeled high priority. Mm. A lot of
1: times when you are black, when you are poor, when you are a girl, nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares. But that's why we're here. Exactly. Later, um, Later in the day, there was still no meeting with this Dr. Tatum. When Tatum didn't show for the meeting, the social worker found out that he was, in fact, not a real doctor, and that he had left his shift at the shelter early, prompting them to call a child abuse hotline and local police. So, there's no releasure, but during this time, Tatum is still going to work.
0: Right. Wow. And And he didn't get alerted to any issues until they started calling the shelter. Right. And we're looking for him. And
1: then he left work early, thinking, "Uh-oh, it might get a little hot for me right now." So he left right.
2: work. And there's no guarantee that he was wrong. But being somebody who has a felony record, right, and the popo calling mm-hmm. your job, correct, you're gonna get a little scared.
1: It looked a little funny. Mm-hmm. So right. he's like, "Well, let me let me get out of here." Relisha's mother was questioned by authorities and stated that Relisha and Do- Dr. Tatum. She continued to call the man Dr. Tatum, which throws me completely off. Mm. But she stated that Relisha and Dr. Tatum had been attending a medical conference in Atlanta. I still, this story has cool. so many pieces that are so odd. So yeah, she basically said that Relisha and Dr. Tatum went to this conference in Atlanta on March 8th. And that- i'm sorry i'm
2: sorry I'm sorry. yeah so just as a reminder to our listeners we don't laugh because this shit is funny excuse me in language but we we kind of just are so exasperated by the ridiculousness sometimes
0: we can't believe it I'm we like, can't you, believe you, it because it's so glaring to us right but it's just like tell him to the people that are actually investigating it right
1: right right So even if you see these stories on the news, you read them in the newspaper, a lot of times these small, seemingly small details are left out and people are Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, just the general gist of the story, but they don't see these little tiny details. So when we say them aloud, we really look around the room like, what? Mm -hmm. Because we can't Mm -hmm. believe that something so obvious Mm -hmm. was overlooked or somebody didn't care, somebody dropped the ball, somebody missed.
2: Why would an eight-year-old girl be attending a medical conference
1: with a man who was not a parent. <laughs> no family. Exactly. Anymore. No, just completely unaccompanied, except right. for this doctor. And why would a doctor? I don't know any doctor who would doctor. say, I'm going to tote my patient around with me. That is, yeah. that doesn't even make any sense.
0: Never heard of such a thing.
1: So, after calls to Tatum's cell phone were sent directly to voicemail and no one answered the door at his home, police filed a missing persons report on March 19th, despite Shamika Young stating that Relisha was safe. So the evening, the missing persons report was filed. Authorities believe Tatum shot his wife, Andrea, to death, either the same night or early the next morning. Mind you, Tatum is married. He has a wife. He takes this little girl from the homeless shelter he works at, home, seemingly home with him, and mm-hmm. then shoots his own wife. So the news came out that they were in the midst of a divorce when her body was found in a motel room in Oxon Hill, Maryland, which is not far from Washington, D.C. at all. Both Tatum and Relisha were missing at this point, and the search for Relisha began as it was believed she was in danger. Now, Tatum was charged with the murder of his wife, in addition to being wanted on charges of car theft. So you stole a car, Mm -hmm. you have a child, don't belong to you, Mm -hmm. and you killed your wife. It's going to continue to rack up. Hold on.
2: I'm not sure I'm ready for this. (laughs) Hold
1: hold on. In their investigation, authorities found that on March 1st, Tatum had purchased a box of 42-gallon trash bags as well as uh, some lye. Now, lye is often used for, it's, it's an acid that will break down flesh. And proteins
2: right. in the hair. Correct, okay. proteins okay. in the hair.
1: So you can't really do a lot of DNA testing if there's no skin and there's no hair. Huh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: With these new findings, they believe that Tatum had murdered Relisha. Now, on March 31st, Tatum's body, Tatum's body, Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait.
2: Back it up. Okay. Keep going. Because I don't know what's going on right now.
1: On March 31st. Now, mind you, Relisha went missing March 1st. So, this is one month of just pure shenanigans. Mm -hmm.
2: And March, it feels like the longest month of the year.
1: It's a hot month. Yeah, it does. From the 1st through the 31st. So, on March 31st, Tatum's body was found in Kenilworth Park and Aquatic Gardens, Mm -hmm. having shot himself with the same gun used in the shooting death of his wife. There were still no signs of Relisha in the search of the park and surrounding areas. And since Relisha first went missing, multiple sites have been searched but no new leads. Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. has worked with other agencies and renewed their search in 2016 until as recently as 2018. D.C. police have dubbed July 11th as Relisha Rudd Remembrance Day as the search for her still continues. And March
2: 1st is Releisha Rudd Awareness Day. And if you look online, particularly on Twitter, her name is trending a little bit, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just sort of click the hashtag uh, Relisha Rudd. Um, that is a hell of a dead end.
1: Yeah, it is. It's yeah. a hell
2: of a dead end when you're following the person that you, probably, you believe is probably responsible for whatever happened to her. Uh-huh. And that person... Puts a bullet in their own head.
1: Yes. Right. So wow. any anything that was leading up to possibly finding Relisha or finding information Kinda regarding yeah. her disappearance, they're gone.
2: Kind of died with him. It's
1: left with him. And a lot of people in D.C. are very invested in the story. They're very invested in finding her or finding clues to help find her. People really do have a lot of hope yeah. that she's still living, mm-hmm. that there's something else going on that maybe he sold her or you know gave her away or maybe left her alone and she wandered off and someone else found her and right. that she will be found and she'll be safe and hopefully unharmed
2: and you know we we have to uh, be honest and and say there is speculation that she was sold or is being sex trafficked mm-hmm. um she was eight years old and again just caution people for the next few minutes we may be talking about this so if you need to skip ahead please do but this is a very real issue, and it is one that I am particularly uh, concerned about and invested in. Um, I do a lot of sex-positive activism, and one of the struggles we have is this tension with a lot of like white sex workers who are really pushing to advocate for themselves and their ability to do you know their work which we are all for. We are pro sex worker here, right? But and and mm-hmm. our comments do not reflect the views of Full Service Radio. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but we are we do support, you know, women's autonomy. At the same time, there are a lot of struggles when it comes to trafficking and 40% of the minors that are trafficked in the United States are black children, not children of color, black. Okay? So if black children barely make up what five percent of the population, but forty percent of the children that are being trafficked for domestic or sexual labor, that is a problem. And I remember right. reading a statistics a statistic where they said 60% of the people arrested and convicted for sex trafficking happen to be black men. Yes. Right? So we right. know that there's racism with convictions and arrests and it's mm-hmm. not saying that oh all you know most of the sex traffickers are black men. But the fact that there's even one is a problem.
0: Absolutely. Right? And then you have to think about um, the fact that black girls don't get a lot of attention when they go missing. So that is an incentive. It's an incentive. for Absolutely. Absolutely. traffickers to target young black
2: girls absolutely absolutely and what's been interesting is that there's been a lot of uh, shows lately that have been covering this kind of thing and working it into episodes this idea of the disparities between when white girls go missing versus black girls um and i was i was watching a show um maybe what was it? i think it was bone collector or something it was it was something some, like some, something oh no 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 it was the uh csi, CSI. yeah the the suspect one that forrest Whitaker's in and you know Everything stopped for this white girl, and this mother of a black girl was like, "My daughter's been missing. Nobody cares." Blah blah blah. Found out it was the same guy that targeted both of them, right? Mm-hmm. And and nobody cared until the white girl went missing. That's but this wild. trafficking thing is very real. They know that people are not looking Absolutely. for black girls yep. and black boys,
1: because
2: yep. Yep. black boys are being trafficked as well.
1: Absolutely. Okay, exactly. and and
2: and not just for sex, but for labor. I'm telling you, go to the Upper East Side and knock on some doors. I I'm telling you, you will find some children there. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So so the issue here is that she is it is she is suspected to have been a victim of trafficking, which means she could very well be alive today. Okay. Yep. There, there's a story, I remember I was watching this film on Netflix, I I told people not to watch, I can't remember the name, but I told people not to watch because it was so graphic. But it was a true story of a girl who was, you know, kidnapped and taken, and she was like eight or nine, and was trafficked until she was like 17, 18 years old. And the the psychological damage, aside from the physical, Mm -hmm. constant, you know, sexual assault, the psychological damage done to this girl was just unbelievable. And so I think that when we're thinking about Relisha, if she is still alive and if this is what happened, again, we are speculating based on what people believe may have happened to her. We don't know what happened. We're hoping that she's alive.
1: Absolutely. We're
2: hoping that she will be found. But we have to consider that this is something that is super important when it comes to black girls who go missing. There is a very good chance. That they are caught up somewhere being trafficked in some
1: way. And a common age for uh, trafficking, regardless of the child's gender, is ages 8 through 12. Yes. Yes. Um, They get them young. Yep. They, you know, use them for all sorts of things. So it's not just something that happens to teenagers or young adults. these are children. It's a pretty
2: specific um, age. I know some people get like really like weird like when we make the distinctions between the type of predators there are. You know, when we talk about pedophilia Mm -hmm. and somebody will say, oh, well, she's 17. He's a pedophile. Well, no, not necessarily, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Um, Mm -hmm. Pedophilia is is about a certain age and that's why the ones that are 8 to 12 tend to be the ones that go missing because that is the target age for people that have been, Mm -hmm. you know, that have pedophilia. They're not looking for 17-year-old girls. By 17, they're done. They don't want them. Nope. They're looking mm-hmm. for the eight year old. And the that distinction does matter. It does matter. Yes. It, matters. It's so, it does matter. It, and and, and it, I hate that.
0: Go ahead. Yeah.
1: A lot of times when we think about, oh, well, it doesn't really matter because they're still victimizing them. It matters because of the reasons. It yeah. matters because of the ways right. that they do it. Yeah. The ways that they manipulate these people and try to um, essentially brainwash them. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think some people don't realize how easy it is to mm-hmm. manipulate someone psychologically. Yep. Um, if I repeat it to you enough, you're going to get it. Because that's what learning is mm-hmm. about. It's about repetition. So if I say the same thing to you every single day over and over, eventually you're going to get you're it.
2: You're going to believe it. And one of the things yeah. I was very particular about with my son when he was eight, and nine years old was making sure he knew the people in his life. Yes. Making mm-hmm. sure that he knew our friends. Yes. If I say this is Miss Nikki or this is Miss Asa, he knew who they were. So that nobody okay. could come to him and yes. say, I'm a friend of your mom's.
1: He added me on Facebook. He did.
2: <laughs> Listen, everyone. My kid added Nikki on Facebook.
1: I have to cut him out of a lot of things. But, but- he added
2: her on Facebook, no, okay? Right. He was like, I think he was like nine when he did that. But oh, it's like, these are the people that you know. And I, and I, I caution all parents. And I, I suggest that all parents make sure that your children know who your close friends are. Mm-hmm. So that nobody can go up to them and say, hey... I, you know, I'm a friend of your parent, but here in this situation with Alicia, apparently
1: her mother gave, you know, gave the guy the go ahead. And I don't, I I don't don't know. And there's a lot of questions about Shamika Young that I don't have an answer to. Someone else may, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but you know, she may have been living with a mental health diagnosis that You know changed her judgment A little bit Mm -hmm. she may have been medicated She may have been on drugs I don't know She may have just been so stressed out And so Exhausted From her situation that her judgment Was off I don't know Mm -hmm. Maybe she did trust him thinking oh this is an old Black man he's nice he's you know Sweet Mm -hmm. maybe We want to believe Mm -hmm. that people are good I definitely try to see The good in people all the time So It's common for me to look at people and say, well, let's just assume innocence all the time because that's how Mm -hmm. I am. But you still got to keep your head on swivel.
0: Exactly. And back to y'all's point about the distinction between um, different types of predators. A reason that the distinction is made is because their grooming tactics are different for different age groups. Mm -hmm. And in order to be able to recognize those tactics, you have to know those distinctions
2: yep you have to understand the motivation and Mm -hmm. the psychosis behind it right and these are when you call someone a pedophile you are suggesting that they do have this psychiatric diagnosis or this disability Mm -hmm. that impairs and they have a philia paraphilia something like that so it's important i think just because you understand who their target is right you know right um but that's what's going on with relisha rudd we wanted to take a few minutes to kind of Talk a little bit about community responses when, you know, children go missing. Um, This past week, a good friend of ours um, named Angela Davis, she goes by the Kitchenista on social media. Her son was missing. Her son is 16. We focus on black girls. But, you know, her son went missing. And he's a minor. And it took a lot for her to go to social media to ask people, you know, for help. Right. Um, She got an outpouring of support. I mean, there were so many people that were just like, you know, really looking out. It actually eventually led to him being found yeah. safely. If like five days later. Okay. Yep. Okay. Five so she, he didn't have a phone. He didn't have anything. Now, her son is two years older than mine. And she and I actually have the same birthday. So for me, I couldn't sleep. I was just, I was totally just vexed and could not believe that this was happening. But yet... You go on social media, yeah, and it was terrible to see the ways in which some people came for her, her being a single mm-hmm. black mom, the, one of the worst moments of her life. Some folks decided that running away does not equate being missing, equate to being missing. Oh, Nikki, you had said something about that before, but I, who,
0: I don't get so, it. So, how is that your first reaction to anyone in the throes of being scared for their child to say well they ran away they, they're not actually missing it doesn't change if you the don't fact know, know you where your missing. child is they are missing right that's
2: absolutely right and the thing with black children is that sometimes it does start off with them running away yes. they're frustrated same way with white children same way with mm-hmm. asian children and latino children and any child a yeah. lot of times it does start with them running away Absolutely, and maybe they blow off some steam, and they come back the next day with their little stick with the little handkerchief, you know, like they used to do in the cartoons. They would pack up their books in a little, and I'm running away, and I'm I'm, I don't like you. And what Angela said was that they did have a fight because she took his phone, and he was upset, and he kind of ran off because he's sixteen. That's what they do. Yeah, he's a kid. He's a kid. A hot headed kid at that. You know, it is Mm -hmm. what it is. So she thought maybe you know she went to look for him, but thought maybe he would come back after things cooled off. But then he didn't.
1: Nope. And then he did that, that frontal lobe is not fully mm-hmm. developed. It's not there.
2: Mm-hmm. So she, after a couple of days, she, she just had to go to social media. Why? Because social media still remains the one place where black women can be heard the most. Absolutely. That's that's the bottom line, and as she is a very popular uh, food blogger, a lot of people know her. A lot of people don't like her for whatever same reasons they don't like me. It doesn't matter. We got the same birthday. We got that Aries fire. We ain't for everybody. Hey, we ain't for everybody, <laughs> but we got people that love us. That's what it matters, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but people like to come at her sideways. Yeah. But I can't imagine a world in which somebody you don't necessarily care for, you don't like, but their child is missing, yeah. and you decide this is the time you want to ask. Why he has tattoos. Right. Because they described him as having tattoos, which is so valuable to trying to find somebody. Absolutely. It's so people were like, well, why does he have tattoos at 16? That doesn't matter. Or my <laughs> mama, I <laughs> wanted to snatch
1: somebody. I had tattoos when I was a teenager. I, I got my first tattoo when I was 16. I, I was, still got it. I was Look, 13. That's beautiful. I was 13 when I'm I got my very first tattoo. 20, my my 20 parents later. were livid when they found out. My mama took me. But <laughs> it's still... It, you know, it still matters because if I go missing, people know she's got this old tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been there for years. It looks like this. We've got photos of it. Yep. So,
2: and and, and it seemed like there was some comment. I'm going to say again, overwhelmingly, most of the response was supportive, but people were acting like she somehow deserved this because they didn't like her. Yeah. Mm hmm i don't understand how you could wish that on anybody the police they dismiss us they offer us little help if any at Mm -hmm. all she made that clear the detroit police weren't working i'm sending tweets to them i'm sending tweets to rashida talib or whatever i'm like listen whoever will listen this woman's child is missing whether runaway or taken doesn't matter if
1: you're not gonna help be quiet just Mm -hmm. shut up keep
0: scrolling as part, much as a community reason. and communal response, there was that apathy and just the the internalized disgust at single mother, single yes. black mothers yes. and black children, yes. hate and moms. that can't be dismissed because. Yeah. It's the reason why so many black kids go missing and aren't found. Yes. Absolutely. That is
2: absolutely true because I'm telling you the the difference when it is a black mom and dad together looking for their child
1: yeah. versus mm-hmm.
2: a black mom by herself, the differences are as wide as the ocean and it's mm-hmm. wrong.
1: Part it's, of the reason that we chose to do this podcast is because we truly believe that we all we got. hmm and so right. many of our stories aren't told. They're not told in full. They're not told in detail. We don't get a dateline and uh, episode. We don't get 2020. We don't get any of that. We have to rely on each other. Yeah. And a lot of the stories that you're going to hear us tell over the next few weeks are going to be stories that may have taken place before the Internet was what it is now. Exactly. So mm-hmm. if we can bring even a smidge of awareness to a story, then we did the right thing. Yeah.
0: And I also have to know a lot of the stories we'll cover aren't going to have those full in-depth details that you hear on other true crime podcasts about missing people because the time and effort wasn't taken out in the moment Mm -hmm. to make sure those details were found out, put out, and discussed. That's
2: real. As we research these episodes, we are digging and digging and digging and trying to piece things together and make sense of it because what little there is, sometimes it's conflicting. So that's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. But that is absolutely true. Yeah. It's hard to find the information. So that's why we're trying to be another resource. We don't always have the resources to hire private investigators, we don't always have contacts with the government or the FBI. We have to rely heavily on social media and other platforms to amplify and bring awareness to what's going on. It's very difficult to be vulnerable and to expose yourself to people who blame you for even existing. Mm-hmm. Um, we need mm-hmm. to stop this nonsense. We need to come together as a community, and we need to fight against the racism and the misogyny and the white supremacy of missing people. That is, this is about white supremacy and the the centering of white women and girls when they go missing so when you start attacking black single moms or single parents or whatever and, and disregard their calls for help when their children go missing you are working and upholding white supremacy and that is wrong so we need to be better that's just period.com.org dot 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 .biz <laughs> <dot> .me whatever <laughs> like, we just, we're tired of it um, thank you so much for coming what do we got tell them where they can find us Asa
0: black girl missing is a podcast research written and produced by us it's a labor of love of three concerned black women who want justice for missing black girls today's episode was written uh, co-written by asa and nikki and produced by jamal find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast on twitter you can find us at blkgirlmissing. Facebook is Black Girl Missing Pod and Instagram, Black Girl Missing Podcast. If you have any information, feedback, tips, uh, names of girls you want us to look into their cases, please email us at blackgirlmissingpodcast at gmail.com.
2: Thank you, and we will see you all next week.
0: Have a blessed yes. week. <laughs>